set in the There's a ton of everyone. That was my pitch. We are living in a world on fire, full of sickness, disease, and fear. The world has made profit more important than the health of people. Thankfully, we still have a way back to a healthy spirit, mind, and body. The purpose of this Nature Makes the Rules podcast is to let people of all ages know that they can still have a strong and healthy life, no matter what the rest of the world is saying or doing. We invite you to join us, Dr. Joe and Eileen, for the Nature Makes the Rules podcast. Welcome back to Spine Geek. I am Jeff, your host, with Dr. Joe and Eileen Arve. This is a podcast where nature makes the rules, and we celebrate that. We're all about that. Guys, last time we had a really, really powerful conversation about something you called the mind closet. And, uh, you know, maybe as a refresher, maybe there's a listener that jumps on for this episode and they didn't hear the previous one. So we'll just say hint, hint to the listener on that. But maybe if you can just kind of quickly summarize what that is. But today we're going to talk about what do we do when we acknowledge that we have things in said closet that need to be dealt with, um, among other topics. So, uh, Doc, if you don't mind, you know, give us a refresher on last time and let's jump into where we are today. So here's the thing. You ever go down into your basement or into your closet and you find something that you totally forgot that you had mm-hmm. and and you're like, oh, I actually have one of these. I forgot I had that. Yeah. And I've actually bought four more of them and I got four more too. I don't just have one. <laughs> So that's kind of when we say the mind closet, that's when you talk about things in your subconscious mind or your non-cognitive part of your brain. That part of your brain literally runs 95% of your behavior. And it starts at conception. It starts, the the brain is soaking in and learning and imprinting everything it needs for life, especially uh, from, from basically in the womb to age seven. So it's just right. watching everything and taking everything in. So absorbing. no matter how, yeah, absorbing, imprinting, they call it. And so no matter what environment you try to raise this child in, they're in the world. You're there. Okay. And that's, that's part of God's plan. That's okay. But you have to be aware that everything is going into that child's mind. Well, my child will never lie. Yeah. Guess what? There's, there's mm-hmm. things that went into that mind that, that, that causes them to lie, but then they have to learn. Is it better to lie or not to lie? And that's what this show is really all about today is what do you do with all those things that got in there, right? Especially when they go against what God said. And it's even more important is that from age one to 24, that's the, really the, the most impressionable time in, in a person, human child's life, because really much what, get, what the closet gets filled with from age one to seven and from age one to 24 pretty much is what serves them then the rest of their life. Right. And that's that that's where you're being served by other people like in school and and in your extracurricular activities like your sports and all that. You're being molded again also by all these people have all this input, you know, and so hopefully you're at, you know, you you're at youth um church church camp or or you're at Sunday school so that you're getting that part of it too. So cuz you're absorbing everything, good, bad and ugly. Right. And so understanding that every thought you your child has becomes uh, a belief. And then that belief turns into words that you speak about yourself. Those words then turn to choices that you make each day. They become habits and that's the life that you live. So how do you know what's in your unconscious mind closet? Look at your life today. 95% of your life today comes from the thoughts that are in your unconscious, subconscious, non-conscious 
cognitive mind closet. You're not even aware of it. It's there. It's there. You have just forgotten or you've pushed off or there's nothing in your day-to-day that triggers that thought to manifest. Only 5% of what you're aware of is 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 dictated to the behavior. So when people try to use willpower to to just, you know, well, oh, you give your child a list. Oh, don't do this. Don't do that. You know, here's the Ten Commandments. Follow them. Love Jesus. Don't go to hell. Here you're ready for heaven. Well, why does that, why do we still live in the world? It's not a lack of knowledge. We know right from wrong. We know that broccoli is better for us than a candy bar. Why? Because there's something in that subconscious, unconscious closet that says, ooh, I want that. I need that candy bar. I need that sugar to make my brain hormones feel better so I feel better. So we're, we're not really oh, taking so you're, that. You're that saying thought. we've tagged it. We're saying, oh, you know, this Butterfinger always gave me good memories because it reminded me of when I, we did this or my dad would take me someplace and he would get me a candy bar. So it's, it's kind of a tagged with emotions. There's there's all kinds of things okay. in that thought closet mm-hmm. that that dictate the behavior that we have each day. Right. What we think consciously, what we eat, how we treat others, how we treat ourselves, the thing, the relationships we choose. It doesn't just happen by chance. Right. right. And so in the in the first episode or the I forget which one number it was. One previous of this. Um, make sure you like and subscribe and send it to your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we just talked about be aware that everything from the womb till now has gone into your child's brain, whether you like it or not. So what do we do now? So what do we do now? How do we start unpacking this closet full of like what may like you ever have your child do something and go, what in the world made you think that? Or what in the world made you do that. Or you, know? you see them and they do something and it, you're, you're, like, like, you're like, I did that as a kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're just mini use. Well, how did that happen? It's all up there in the thought closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, the thing is, is there's there's scriptures and there's, 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 there's God's way of dealing with that. And then there's man's way of dealing with that. Maybe the doctor has said, well, you need to put your child on ADHD medication or depression medication, blah, 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 blah. That's, there's a problem. But statistically, Doing it man's way doesn't really produce results you want, i.e. inconclusive findings. This is research that, I, that, I, that we pulled off here. Inconclusive findings and studies that link between media coverage of mass trauma and depression in children. So what your children see over and over and over again goes into the closet and has an emotional effect on their body. And, and right? they don't even know what to do with all that information. You know, another one says screen time and a depression risk. So more screen time because, again, input, input into their brain Tell them who they are. They're telling them who they are versus they're get, not getting anything each day, reminding them what you think of them or reminding right, them what God right. says about they're them. Perfectly and wonderfully made. Because these children come out wonderf- wonderfully made and fearfully made and they're wired for love. But then man wants to program them with fear yes. to get them to act, to get them to do the, what they want, and to get them to buy, buy things. Yes, to buy their stuff. Yep. And so television viewing, here's one. Television viewing and risk of sexual initiation by young adolescents. Right there. They're being programmed. Yeah. Right? Not good there. Social media versus taking time and saying, this is what got, you know, we did the pure path, mm-hmm. pure way to path. Pathway to purity. Pathway to purity. Mm-hmm. This is what God says. We get it. It's not easy. I mean, I did Wild at Heart with our boys. I get it. It's not easy. We also used to do that program. What was that program? That was it? Uh, was weight. That, with the tape. Yes. Yes. The weight, it was absence, would, absence training. Abs- but it was all based on don't do this or else you're going to get a it disease. Was. It just kind of also showed you, though, what you do so much of this stuff. Then you're now unsticky. And then 
How are you going to stick to your well, spouse? There's consequences of not of there's consequences of acting married when you're not married. There are consequences. And and so what does God say about that? Again, there's the Bible says there's blessings and there's curses and choose life and choose God's way and God's way is so much better. That's why we try to. Again, we try. Right. At least as far as it's up to us, we do what's best to remind our children, remind, remind our family. This is what God says. Right. You're going to make your own decisions, but that also means you have your own consequences. Yes. And you're responsible for your choice, your own choices. I'm not responsible for my child's choices. Nope. No way. Nope. nope. But I tell you, the world wants to make you make those choices because all this friends with benefits and all this other crap yeah. that the, that the they're pouring out to you, and it's like, who thinks that's a good idea? Yeah, the, it never. And look, look, look how it ended. You know, horribly. And the thing is, is that it never ends well. Again and again, it's not us. It's science proving this. They look at these behaviors. They look at what's in our mind closet. They look at what we're how we're acting it out each day. You know, social media and body dissatisfaction in young adults, an experimental investigation of the effects of different image content and influence constructs. They want you. They don't want these our children going to God first for what they need and want and desire. They want them going to Google first. They want them to go to their friends first. They want them go go to non to people who aren't going to take God's point of view. Because again, is sin fun? Sure, for a season, but the consequences and the responsibility of that. You know, that's what we need. That's what we're trying to undo here. That's one thing. There's a, a Proverbs 4.23 where it says that um, protect your heart because all you'll do flows from it. And it's like, I mean, that is just so full of wisdom. And I think that the scriptures can help you even talk this through with your kids and explaining it and learn it. And, and you know, that God will show them what it means to them in their heart, too. Yeah. And again, again, so how do we know that, okay, we're in the world, but we don't have to be of the world. Mm -hmm. We can choose and look at things differently. Mm -hmm. We can choose whether we want to be on and how much time, how much screen time we're on. I mean, look at our phones. Mm -hmm. Look at how much screen time that we're experiencing. So I think a way to to do this is to look at your behaviors, look at your life. I think you got to sift through what you do daily and you'd say, Okay, how am I feeling about this? I do this behavior all the time. How do I feel? Do I feel do I feel nervous when I'm done when I get off my phone? You know, I, I've just checked Facebook, whatever. How do I feel? I think we gotta look at that kind of stuff and I think we have to evaluate saying, is is do I want is is this a good feeling? Is this something that I want? And and how can I change this feeling? Yeah. And so how do you know if you or your child are in the world but not but not of the world? You have to take an inventory of basically every, I don't want to say every moment of your day, but okay, well, your emotions. every hour, mm-hmm. keep track of your emotions. Am I full of what the Bible says, peace, patience, joy, right thinking, self-control, or right. am I the opposite of that? Well, and what 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 do I do or what what happens around me that makes me feel this way where I'm, I'm, not, I'm not content, I don't have peace, I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling fearful. What, what am I doing at this moment? Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you just jot some of this stuff down and you just got to pray about it. And God's going to show you what to do too. And that's one of the things, again, um, we were getting a lot of this from just 30, 30 40 years of, of experience, but also it's nice to have a friend, um, never met her personally, but Dr. Caroline Leaf, who wrote her many things, but she, one of the books we read just finished was switch, you know, switch on your brain. And, and the thing is, is that we have the choice to make changes, but yes. how do we know what's up in that mind closet? How do we know what's there and what's not there? How do we know if our children are paying attention or not? Look at their behavior. 
Look what they say about themselves. Look at how they feel about themselves. So when you're at the dinner table, say, what was the best part of your day? You know, what, what did you like? What did you not like? What was the worst part of your day? And then shut your mouth and listen to what they say. And just let them process it. Let them process it. Well, true. But if you've got a big family like ours, sometimes you want to go maybe in the bedroom and sit and talk with them about. Right. There's appetite. But getting yeah, pick but, it apart but, a little bit. But realizing your child can take what they've had happen that day to them and what they think and let them think what they think about it. Like Joyce Meyer says, think about what you're thinking about. But just going through life as a as a mind numb robot, right? Which the world wants you to do. They just want you to go or, from one content to, to the next. Think about con- anything, yeah. Yeah, don't think at all. Don't and don't think what. Don't even ask what does God say about this. Don't even bring God. Go to Google, not God. You know, go to man for what we need. And so we're just saying, how do we how do we begin to uh, become more like have more the mind of Christ, which the Bible says and promises, and and where versus worldly mind, worldly thinking, and the mind of the world, right? The the AI mind, if you would, that has no consciousness of God. Because when you look at the science and the research, we all want to raise healthy children. We all want to raise children who are confident in, in self-control and that don't live in our basement when they're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. This is how we do this. We have to deprogram them from the world's ways and really help show them God's ways. Doc, I, I you know, you said go to God, not Google. And I think the reality is, as many people have made... Google God. And by Google, of course, we're talking about, yeah. you know, whatever the source is. I, there was an article that came out the other day. Um, I think it was Reader's Digest. No, actually, I'm looking at this now. I just pulled it up and it was from last year of all times. But nevertheless, eight signs you may share way too much on Facebook. And I was reading this because I won't go through all of them. There were a couple there that I go, man, are people doing this? Okay, so an easy one. You don't think twice before updating. I feel like probably most people that have a Facebook, by the way, I don't, you know, have have that issue. But here's one. You post more than four times a day. You post minute by minute updates from your trip. Um, let's see. You post, uh, you don't filter photos of your kids. Um, people who used to like your post have disappeared. In other words, you're scaring people away. And I just remember reading this going, <laughs> man, are people like doing this this much? Like you post four times a day? Like, so, so clearly people are going to these places because they're looking for something. And I, I think the listeners probably would yeah. do well to do some introspection and say, if that's me, then why is that? Because I, I think it's, it's, it acknowledges and exposes, you know, they, they talk about that sort of what God shape hole in us. And the problem yeah. is, is people are going to look and fill that in a lot of different ways otherwise. And some of these companies, Google, whoever are just feeding off of that susceptibility. So I think there's I think there's something that needs to be addressed right there too. That you know this is an indicator. We you're, you're human, and therefore you're gonna have this God shaped hole. But darn it, if there's not things in the world right now that are just itching to feed it and fill it that are not healthy. Yes, and and the devil doesn't want you to fill it with God with Mm-mm. Jesus. Well, that would be the end of it, right? And so here's the thing: if you want to get geeky and nerdy, basically it's a it's a dopamine hit that uh, so the, the the screen time has a chemical hit on the brain, just like cocaine, just like any, anything else, just like an addictive addiction. It's it an is, addiction. It is an addi- addiction. So whether it's pornography, whether it's a drug, whether it's, you know, Facebook, Facebook, it's, it's feeding into the predisposition of addiction of the brain. The brain likes how it feels in that moment, but the problem is it can't sustain that feeling. So it has to take another hit. So that you, you post again, or you start to swipe. You start to you know spend on screen time, and it literally has a hypnotic effect on your brain, and it, and it numbs the brain. 
So now you're, you're putting all this data into this closet, this mind closet that goes consciously and then subconsciously, right, right into your brain, but it's there. And then that has a hey, trickle-down effect into your, your health, your hormones, your cells. And so, A, it, it, it turns, as Dr. Caroline would say, it turns your brain into a milkshake. It just makes it mush where you can't focus. You can't constantly be aware of your, your, your environment. And that shows up in your performance in school. You can't even sit, you can't even sit and read a book these, once you're so addicted to the, all this stuff. So you look at the behavior. And then the other thing is, is that based on how your friends respond, that becomes your identity. Right. Not who you are as a person, but how many likes you get from your post. And so you begin to learn to live for the like. If a lot of people liked your post and your picture and your filters and blah, 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 then your your identity, your, your self-awareness then is linked to that. Like who you are as a person. You're no longer uh, aware of what God says about you. You're, you're more concerned about what people say about you or the likes you get. And so that's why as far as helping our children, helping our even us as adults begin to navigate and yes, we're in the world, but we don't want to become of the world because it doesn't it doesn't deliver the promises of happiness, of health, of strength. The more we get our minds and screen time, it doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't make your marriage better. It doesn't make your schoolwork better. You know, there's reports that say more Facebook friends means more stress because now you have an audience that you have to please. And what do they want? More and more and more, more posts, of more mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. And so now you become a slave to the friends that you've never met. People you probably don't even really like if you met them, but yet somehow that's where your identity or your addiction becomes to screen time. I think you also become neutral because, boy, you want to please everybody on your list. And if you've got a lot of people on there, then you don't even know what you stand for anymore because nope. you're just... Being something to everybody. You'll say whatever you want to say just to get the likes. And now there's businesses who will hire these influencers to try to influence your people who you want them to get likes. Even if you don't believe in it. Even if you don't believe Mm -hmm. in it, to buy your product. So now people can make a living off of all this stuff that literally does not, what we say, does not have a healthy effect, green grass effect on your mind, on your emotion, on your relationships. So if your child's just coming home and going to their room and spending all their time on the computer and, and, and avoiding you, that's not good. And again, is there time for Facebook? Is there time for all this stuff? I think there is. But you've got to have a healthy balance of face-to-face, not Facebook, but face-to-face, you know, FaceTime with God. That's really what's important. I agree, because I think you learn you with all this online pleasing everybody that you lose you. you yes. Lose, you lose who you are to be and you lose... Who God called you to be, and so you're not fulfilling your calling. You're just being something to everybody, and then I don't think you can stain that. I think that 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 would make you, I don't know, a little loopy later. Well, it just doesn't. You know, you're born for a purpose. You're, God has a plan for your life. You have a role yeah. to play in this world to make this world a better place. To be, to you, we have to have a relationship with Jesus. First of all, why? So that when we die, we go to heaven. That's, you know, that's the thing, eternal life forever with Jesus. That's the first thing. But then what do we do while we're here? We realize we're called to be reformers to help make the world a better place. You're not going to have that by spending all your time on Facebook, on the screen, on Instagram, whatever it is, getting likes. Right. I think that one thing is is if you want to evaluate this, you have to look at your phone and your phone's going to tell you how long you are on your games, how long you are on social media, how long you are on um, 
There's, there's another one in there. TikTok, but, all the stuff. Yeah, but they, they, they separate it out and they let you know how long you have been on your phone. And so you can look at that and say, is this, is this how I want to spend my life? I mean, you go all of a sudden you blink and then you're 30 something. And then you're like, is, I don't even remember my 20s because I was on my phone the whole time. Right. You're not really even living. Your brain was not engaging. But yet, all, but yet, but, but here's the thing though. All that stuff you're engaging with is going in your brain. It is. So it becomes harder and harder and harder to unplug from all that because, again, our emotional worth, our set, our worth, who we think we are, all becomes what others think we are. And you don't and need so to do that. how do we break that? Well, shut the phone off. Shut the computer off. Go a day without media. Go a day without TV. Do a fast right now. You know, people say, well, I'm going to fast. Well, yeah, shut up. I can fast from food. Oh, yeah, turn your phone off. Yeah. To, you know, don't turn on the TV. Go a whole day, you know, go a whole weekend without watching any media. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that I think you're on a point there because if you do some of these things and then let's say, let's say you say, okay, I only do it to do my, my work during my work hours and I'm only going to do my work in that, but I'm not going to do any of these games or I'm going to delete the games or delete or, you know, black myself out of them or whatever. And, and then you've got a few days later and they're just like, wow, I'm so more in tune with the world and outside and nature and you know, in my family, because you're, you're, you're weaning yourself from this. And, stuff. and you're spending time with people. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's like, you know, you, you can, you can begin to play games. When my child says, I'm bored. Good. Be bored. Yeah. It's okay to be bored. You, we need to be bored more often because then our minds need to. Because we'll dream. Yes. We'll dream and, and we'll color and we'll read and we'll, we'll play out what games. what we want to do with life as opposed to just what the media is telling me I need to do. Yeah. And we'll, we won't tune out. We'll focus on what's around. We'll become aware of what's around. We'll have to find things to do mm-hmm. and find games to play or things to do. And again, we, we watch TV. We do things. But we also spend the majority of our day engaged with helping people and serving one another. And mm-hmm. we're not on our phones. We're not on our computers. We're not... We're not avoiding the work or the tasks need to be done. We're spending time. Again, we wake up in the morning and we say, okay, God, we love you. You love us. We listen to scripture. We get in the word. We journal. We take our thought captive. Again, we're, we're becoming self-aware and self-consciously aware of our thoughts and our actions and our behaviors and how we treat ourselves and how we treat each other because those are clues. If we have thoughts of self-harm or depression, those are clues. There's something yeah. in that closet that needs to be dealt with. Yep. If we have, uh, if we're addicted to sugar or we don't want to exercise or we're bored and we just spend time on our phone to because we want to check out and, and not spend binge. more time with people, we mm-hmm. binge things. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there, there's a time for it, but then there's a time not to be a lifestyle. We got to go up to the closet to begin to go through every item in that closet and evaluate it and process it and saying, is this taking me somewhere I want to go in my life? Right. Is this going to be good for me? Is this good for my family? Is this good for my future? Right, because I, I think that if you if you find yourself binging more than once a month, and I'm talking TV or food or whatever, I think you're too, it's too much. You're trying to medicate you, the problem. You are. You're, you're, it's now a habit as opposed to just, oh, it's a random thing I do once in a while. No, I think that that's, you've got a habit there yeah. and you need to. And when you study the that. brain neurology of all that and how it works and the cascading effect, Mm-hmm. It it's yeah you have dopamine oxytocin serotonin and epinephrine and those are what get stimulated with addictive behaviors and then 
cortisol, adrenaline, and norepinephrine get suppressed. And so these these hormones up and down. And so, yeah, that that you get your hit of dopamine, you get your hit, but then it drains it, and then you're trying to find your next fix. So whether it's pornography or whether it's drugs or whether mm-hmm. it's alcohol mm-hmm. or whether it's cigarettes or whether it's it's media, neurologically, it's a lot of the same process going on in the brain, but it has a different destructive effect no matter where you're at. Right. And the devil knows this. And so the only way, the best way <clears throat> to start healing this is to stop and now start taking the action steps. Because again, you can sit there all day long and say, I want to do this. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not this. But again, if you want to quit smoking, throw away the cigarettes, mm-hmm. go cold turkey. Well, you don't understand. No, I understand. But get them out of your house. Again, I, I there was never prov- provocative magazines. In, we got even Victoria's Secret. I'm like, get them no, out of the house, yeah. right? To avoid these things so that mm-hmm. we could really start taking the action steps. Anything to add with that? I, I was just going to say, uh, what, there's, a, there's a study that says meditation may increase your gray matter. Your gray matter means your brain in, increases that. And so that, that they also have um, some reasoning with their, with their topic that you can build a bigger brain. Yeah. And, and they're, but they're saying that the people who do this practice, and, and I, my, my, word, my mind says meditation is meditating on God's word. When yep. I, you take a scripture and you read it and you read it and you read it and you pick it apart and you're just like, God, what are you trying to say there? That's meditation to me. And, but these people have more, um, they retained stable emotions. Yep. And I think that, uh, you know, most of us need more stable emotions because then we're not going to believe half of this stuff or right. not going to do it. And if someone, if someone says, oh yeah, you've got to be on, you know, Facebook or I think you're less likely to do the peer pressure if you've got a stable emotion um, right. and that you also have a boost immune system. There's this great studies on that. And so let's talk about meditating because again, well, I'm a Christian. That's no, no, no. There is a form of meditation where they tell you to empty yourself. We don't want you to empty no, yourself. No, no, we don't. But meditation, for a better word, is simply sitting there and beginning to go to work on all that stuff that's in your closet. And again, what are your goals? What are your dreams? Where do you want to be at in six months? Start looking at the thoughts that are sabotaging where you want to be and start focusing on the thoughts that want to take you there. Mm-hmm. And start creating a thought map to where you want to go. And again, why do we look at scripture? Because there's promises that says mm-hmm. if you will bring God into this closet with you and you look at all the hurts and the hangups and, and the pain and the trauma that you've been through and you bring Jesus into that and you speak his words over that situation, that thought, that memory, that, that, that trauma, and you begin to speak, then healing begins and the triggers and the perception because your perception is your reality. Yeah, How so you perce- Proverbs 23, 7, yep. as he thinks in his heart, so he is. So he is. So as you think, so you are. So if you don't like your life, change it. Well, where do I start? You start with your thought life. What are you thinking about yourself? What are you thinking about God? That Science proves that if people who live a life knowing that and thinking and believing that God loves them, live healthier, live better, mm-hmm. don't have the same cancer rates, depression rates, the heart disease rates, just having a conscious awareness that God loves me. I'm loved by God. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so, Amen. right? That thought right there will do so much more to help pick apart the cl- part of the closet that says God hates me versus the part that said God loves me. And if there's any part of that closet where, where you do have issues with God, you do have issues with Jesus, then go into that closet and sit with him and meditate. Meaning you sit for 15 minutes going, okay, 
I'm gonna do I'm gonna yell at God for 15 minutes. Good, go ahead, get it out. He he can take it. I'm gonna talk to Jesus about what I don't good, get it out. He he can take it. Be real with Jesus, be real with God because he can see it. But as he knows anyways. He knows anyways. <laughs> He's like, I've been waiting for you to come to me about this. I've got a really good idea for you to do to start breaking that bondage, start breaking those chains off your mind, off your emotions, off your body, off your choices. Because again, it's all in that closet. It's all in that closet. And so each day, if you wake up and begin to be realize that, then you can use good music, worship music to keep breaking those bondages off those memories and, and chains mm-hmm. off. Then you can choose to smile. You can choose to be kind to others, which then you may not feel like doing it, but when you take that action step, that begins to loosen the hold that those past traumas and issues have on you. Doc, I'm a believer that um, most of our emotions are are neutral, you know, kind of prior to what we do with them. Like, like anger, for example, it's an indicator that something's up, something's wrong. What we do with it can become, you know, sinful, evil, etc. But I feel like right. I feel like as I think of like casting these things off and throwing these things off that God allows us to experience like the frustration, the anger, the hurt, the whatever the emotion is that just causes us to just build up to that point where we got to throw it at him. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, in scripture, Jesus says, cast your cares upon me, which, because I care for you. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think about that word and that word, um, I remember years ago studying, like, what was the the Greek word behind that word? And it really does indicate in the Greek to kind of like, like hurl and throw, like throw with emotion, you know, hurl that, that stuff off of you. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I think we've gotten in our minds that, you know, that very act is like somehow disrespectful or whatever, but you said it perfectly. You're like, God's ready. Just get it. He's been waiting for you to be free in that sense. And it's so powerful. So I love that you, mm-hmm. you reference that. That's good stuff. He, he wants you to come to him, not Google. Right. He wants you to come to him, not, not <laughs> your friends whose lives are messed up and just as screwy as, 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 you know, as yours is sometimes he really wants us. He's kind. He's a loving father. He's loving God. He's a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the process, and again, if anything, these podcasts are all about, and we want you to share them with your friends, it's just how to come to God when it comes to food, weight loss, raising kids, mm-hmm. your thought life. And, and we're going to tell you what works. Then, then you can sit there with God each day. I mean, you can spend the whole time with God each day just saying, Lord, tell me what you feel about that. I mean, Psalm 23, the scriptures, there's mm-hmm. promises there that tell him, you know, that goodness and mercy is going to chase you down all the days of your life. But the first thing you have to understand is God loves you. Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross. Uh, there's a quote I love. It's like, think, act, then feel later. And, and, and literally, you'll get more done because we want, basically we think and we feel, or we feel first, then we think we deserve it, and then we act, and it doesn't, it doesn't deliver the promise. It doesn't make life better for us. But if we think, okay, I am who God says I am. I will do what God says I can do. Mm-hmm. And as I work on this each day, I will I will feel like it or I won't feel like it. But I still am doing the right thing. Right. And I think I sometimes I like to call it mulling. I'm mulling. I'm 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 chewing on it. I'm, I'm thinking about it. it and I'm looking at it from different angles so that but then you're actually using your gray matter to do all that. Right. We don't allow our emotions and our feelings to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the alarm goes off at 4:45, I don't feel like getting out of bed and I just tell myself, "Get moving. Just get moving. Just get moving. Just get moving." You know, yep. and I know since are thinking about, well, do I feel like getting out of bed to go work out? No. Do I feel like this? Because I know what my, I want my life to be at in 30 days, 60 days. I know I want to be healthy and strong, so I have to go do things. Right. The, the, the key to fixing this mind stuff and this feeling stuff and closet stuff is action. It's yes. taking action. It's not just talking about it because the more you talk about it, your brain thinks you're doing it. You're not doing it. It's the action yeah. 
yep. that delivers the results. And, and then so, why put feelings to everything? Just do it. Just learn about it. Just try to get rid of it. And then the feelings, you can sort those out later. But to yeah. sit there and put feelings to everything, I think, is a waste of time. Action speaks louder than words. Yes. James talks about, don't show me your words. Show mm-hmm. me your action. Show me your faith by what you do. Yep. Be doers. Doers of the word. Yep. And that means that we go to God first, not Google. We care more about what God says. That we literally... Um, we break our lives on the word of God, meaning that if it's, if it's God's way, then we're going to follow God, obey God, and let him fight our battles. Let him deal the consequences. Let him, him deal with the fact of our obedience. So any questions, you can, you can t- uh, text us 303-457-8080 or spinegeek.com. Love to hear from you. Yep. Yep. We're in this together. Every podcast is to help you be realize that we live in the world, but what do we do how to not become like the world? That we can be a light, not just us, but our children. The sooner you start, the better it is for them. So be the example of Jesus to your children and to those around you. Good stuff, guys. Well, that's a wrap. And as uh, Eileen said earlier, spinegeek.com, start there. Great, great, great resources. Guys, we thank you for giving us your time and we will catch you for another episode next time right here on Spine Geek. Thank you for listening. 